Blog Talk Radio. water uh, sports uh, for the next time being for the next hour or so. The good news is some uh, uh, breaking news. Well, I'm maybe not breaking, but it is news, right? Uh, next week, we'll be having back Rick Reagan, our college football anchor, and we're going to be getting college football talk underway, which adds another segment to our show. Uh, so we'll, we'll be going into 90 minutes starting next week. Uh, so how exciting is that to be talking about college football? A lot of stuff to talk about about college football. We'll save all that for next week. But there's a lot of big news coming out of college football this year. And so we'll, we're certainly going to get into that and dive into that. <clears throat> we're going to be having Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. going to be jumping on here in just a few moments uh, to be talking with us about the NBA draft that happened. You know, who are the winners, who are the losers? And we're also going to put on the Homer hat and talk a little bit about what's going on over there in the Colts camp. And it isn't pretty, my friends. It is not pretty. But we'll also talk about the Pacers' number one overall draft pick and what we think about that. But we're going to get around the NBA and get our thoughts on that. And then coming up later on in the show, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com and all our Official NFL contributor will be jumping on as we begin our conversation of the 2021 NFL season. And we'll, of course, we'll be talking about what's been going on out there at the Nova Care Center in Philadelphia, uh, just outside of Philadelphia for the for the Eagles. Again, we're going to continue the conversation about what, what's going on in the Colts camp and around the NFL. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our, is our digits. Stick around. It's about to get good. Hi, this is a good one. Kind of groove. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities, 
The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Let's get things dive in. Hope you got your cup of your black rifle coffee. I've got mine right here, coffee or die. I tell you what, that's some good coffee. Go to blackriflecoffee.com. The good thing about it is when you buy a bag, you give a bag to the uh, first responders and the active duty troops, my friends in the Navy, at my friends' sons in the Navy, and that's all they serve on the ship is black rifle coffee. <clears throat> But the next best thing to Black Rifle Coffee is Tony Don, who's the Tony D Podcast. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. How are we doing? Trying to, st- try to wake up still. Trying to wake up still, but we're good. So let's dive into this. We want to. We, we certainly want to make sure we have uh, a lot of enough time to talk about the NBA and what's going on with the NBA. Uh, but and we're going to get into this more in the next segment with Ed Kratz when we get into NFL. But we've got to talk about what's going on in training camp with with uh, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, typically, uh, you know, 
training camp injuries happen, they come, they go. And, you know, we don't always talk about uh, uh, players uh, taking a day off. And, you know, heck, T.Y. Hilton, Quentin Nelson, and and Jack Doyle all set out on practice on Friday just as a veteran practice. Uh, rest day, uh, the Colts could have called it that and, and been done with the day. But, no, they made sure that we knew that, that we had a, an injury going on here. And according to Adam Schaffner with ESPN, Carson Wentz out with a, a foot injury. We don't know exactly how how bad it is, um, but we do know he has a history of injuries. Hairline fracture back in 2016, uh, uh, torn a- ACL in 2017, stress factor in 2018, concussion in 2019, and yet we've got him here uh, 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 making the calls for us and was going to be our savior from Andrew Luck. The Colts can't get it figured out in the quarterback situation. What are your thoughts, sir? You know, I think we even had this conversation um, a while ago with Ed Kratz, mm-hmm. the three of us, about this was yeah. the risk that you were going to run with Carson Wentz. We knew going in, Colts fans, Colts players, the front office, you, me, Ed, that this was the risk in getting Carson Wentz here. But this is who Coach Frank Reich went to and said, this is who I want as my quarterback. This is a guy that if we plug in, he can get us to the Super Bowl. And Jim Mercer, who is all about winning, which I love, um, said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust in my, in my guys. And you know, maybe Russell Wilson will be out there. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be out there. But we don't know that. That's all rumored. But we can go right. with Carson Wentz, a guy who has played very well, but has also been very injured prone and was hurt most of last year and didn't play very well. And <laughs> You know, it's it, it, it's either way, Tom. You you either go to a new situation, and you kind of have a resurgence of your career, and you have things go right, and you win football games, or you continue down that path of being injured. And right now, he's continuing down that path of being injured. And I I guess if there's a blessing in disguise to this, it's the fact that it's it's July 31st. He still has. You know, a month and a half before the NFL season starts, I'm not as concerned if he gets reps or doesn't get reps when it comes to the preseason. Um, we're going to find out what they have in Jacob Eason here real quick because Eason is a guy as the backup who has not got any experience. You know, COVID kind of took that away from him last year. On top of that, um, you know, they may want to go out and get a veteran quarterback and say, you guys are going to compete for this for this position. But it all just depends on how long – Carson and Wentz will be out. If it's two to three weeks, first two or three games of the season, then you just throw Jacob Eason out there and see what happens. If it's right. multiple weeks, four-plus weeks, you're going to have to go out and get a veteran. Well, there's a lot of options. So hopefully we don't have to have that conversation and we don't want to uh, think about that. But, yeah, there is those options. But also just think about what it, what is it – I mean, I don't know. I, we've had Jacob Eason enough to know if he can play football or not. And, and I, think he, he, I think he would be a solid quarterback. Are the Colts afraid of using Jacob Eason and, and, and even even talking about, hey, we don't need to go pick up a, a, a better quarterback. we got Jacob or, – or is it is it just me because they've kept him around, but he, he just he, he, he's, he's just the proverbial backup quarterback. Uh, but unlike uh, – well, I forgot his name now. But the guy that used to back up for uh, Peyton Manning never had a – had the best job in, in the QBs. He's on the Colts Radio Network now, but you know what I'm talking about. It'll come to me as soon as you hang up the phone, I'm sure. 
But I mean, what is it about Jacob Eason that that we're that we're not happy about or excited about? It's just the fact that we don't know. He's a rookie last year. He never got to play because Philip Rivers took all the snaps. Um, we didn't get to see him in preseason last year because there was no preseason. So it's not it's not Jacob Eason's fault. It's not it's not him that we're worried about. It's just the fact that he has not gotten the reps. He doesn't have the NFL experience. He has not gotten to play with the number one. So it's just simply the fact that we don't know. We don't know exactly what what they have. And and I like Jacob Eason. Uh, he was good in college. He seems to check all the boxes when it comes to first team reps. The few that he got last year and the and and and, and what we'll see this year. But he just simply doesn't have the experience. And and this is a team that if you look at the first five games of the schedule, I don't have it on the top of my head. It's it's like Seattle and. I want to say Baltimore, but the first five games of the season for the Colts are very coin flip games. So um, I think you got to look at it just simply as, you know, the upcoming couple of weeks, you see what you got in Carson Wentz, and you kind of just go from there. So, um, you know, if Jacob Beast is your guy, Jacob Beast is your guy, but you got to see that in preseason before you know. And if the first two preseason games don't go well for Jacob Eason, then you're going to have to go look for a veteran, and maybe you just bring that veteran anyway because even if Jacob Eason is your number one guy, um, you know, you're still going to have to have a veteran backup to back him up. Well, you know, there's some veterans out there. We'll see what happens. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be available. I mean, that's just me. I can't see him leaving the pack group, but there is that possibility. But some of the ones that we do know as far as name recognition goes, Robert uh, Robert Griffin, Matt Barkley, you know, Blake Bortles, uh Nick Foles, you know, he's having some issues up there in Chicago. There might be even be uh, a trade type situation, Marcus Mariota. If you were right now be in the Colts head office and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and grab a, a veteran just to be safe, who would that be? Yeah, I mean, it just depends. Uh, I, the name Nick Foles will obviously come up because of what he did with Frank Reich winning the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Um, so I think that name certainly comes up. Uh, you know, I, I also heard the name Mitch Trubisky, uh, who's the backup now in Buffalo. I don't think mm-hmm. Buffalo would be willing to part ways with him. Um, and, and somebody else that, that, that's been talked about, um, just in rumors and an outside chance, would you take that risk on Deshaun Watson? I don't know if you would do that. I wouldn't do that. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson's the guy that can lead you to the Super Bowl, but then you're going to have money tied up with Deshaun Watson and money tied up with Carson Wentz. So we'll just see yeah. who gets cut, who gets released over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you could always find a backup quarterback. Maybe they need to pull uh, Philip Rivers out of uh, retirement. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's move on, uh, move on over to the main topic of agenda today, and that's the NBA draft. Uh, real quickly, let's touch on the Pacers, and we'll go through the NBA and kind of look at the, the teams, how they did, and, and kind of give us a great – Pacers, uh, Chris Dorante out of Oregon. Um, we need some help with a win. He was the oldest guy in the draft. For certain, well, you say old, and obviously a young guy, but still old, the oldest one in the draft. He's a knock, you know, he's a knock him out shooter. We, you and I talked offline uh, about Moses, and you know, well, what, lo and behold, the very next pick to the Warriors, there goes Moses. So uh, Chris Duarte, I heard him over on John's show last night, seems very highly energetic, seems very professional, seems very eager to, eager to get going. What do we think about him? You know, it's a great pick. Um, I, I, I gave the pick a B-plus only because 
you had, and there's obviously a reason that guys drop. Lamosis Moody, I thought, was a top 10 pick in this year's NBA draft. It, sometimes it just doesn't shuffle that way. Some teams don't have the need of a shooting guard. Sometimes, you know, that's why Franz Wagner went to Orlando. That's why you have some of the big guys go. So it just depends on how it falls. But Moses Moody being there for the Pacers, I thought was a guy that they should have picked because he was a talent that might not be ready day one, but eventually could develop into a stud. I do like Chris Duarte. He is 24 years old. He has been on a very long a very long journey to get to the NBA. He played JUCO basketball before going to Oregon, was the Pac-12 player of the year. Um, just, you know, I, I think he can come in, and I think he can give you 10 to 12 minutes off the bench. If he averages six points and three rebounds, you take that. Um, they then trade number 54 and 60 to get the 31st pick, in which they package uh, with Aaron Holiday to get Isaiah Jackson. Look, Aaron Holiday, they gave him three years to develop. It just didn't happen. They needed him to play big roles, big minutes when Malcolm Brogdon was hurt. Um, he wasn't very good at being the backup um, point guard. T.J. McConnell stole that position, brought the energy, was great on the defensive end. Um, Aaron Holiday was going to get shipped out either way. At least you got a nice little piece back for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go around the league here and let's uh, just talk about the the, uh, the NBA draft. And, and you're not getting pulled over. You're not running from the cops, are you there, uh, Tony? <laughs> no, it was, it was an ambulance. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even worse. So, uh, Kate Cunningham obviously fired up at being a Pistons, no pun intended. But the last time the Pistons had a number one pick in the draft was back in 1970, and they, they selected a, a, one, a, a good one in the Hall of Famer, Bob Lanier. It remains to, to be seen whether or not that Kate Cunningham is uh, the, the guy for the Pistons, but I don't think anybody's surprised that that's who they went with. Yeah, I mean, Cade was a guy that really emerged late February and then into March for Oklahoma State. Um, was a guy that proved in the Big 12 tournament that he could put his team on his back to win basketball games. Um, I'm not overly in love or impressed with this year's draft, to say the least, um, from top to bottom. I mean, there's always going to be some players that bust. There's always going to be some players that step up and play really well. Um, I think Kate Cunningham is certainly a guy that can give you um, that can give you solid minutes and, and, and can be a great player um, moving forward in the future. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they, they went with uh, Jalen Johnson in their first pick and the number 20, uh, 21st overall pick. Uh, a forward out of Duke, Johnson uh, is a lottery talent and, and dropped to Atlanta in the number 20. Uh, and, and then they also picked up Sherep Cooper out of Auburn. Um, what are your thoughts there? We give him like a B or B plus in that, in that pick? In that yeah, group? I mean, <laughs> you know, when you, when, when you grab young guys, whether they're out of Duke, whether they're out of Kentucky, um, there's always going to be a question mark. There's always a question mark in the draft. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you're looking at a team trying to rebuild, trying to get back to where they were. Um, you know, the more bodies, the better. I, I, I thought it was two pretty solid solid picks. Let's look at what the Celtics did. And did something kind of interesting, I, I thought, in the number 45 pick overall. And Johan 
Berjon, a, a guard out of France, he's 6'5", got a 7-foot wingspan uh, in the 45th pick. He is expected to be one of those uh, draft and stash candidates, so he may not see the, the floor for the, can, uh, for the Celtics uh, next season. Um, after the Kemba Walker trade, he just didn't make much sense to me. I struggle even giving him a passing grade, but I'll go ahead and give him a C on that one. Yeah, I mean, and the Celtics have have made some other moves and have made some other progressions um, over the last couple of hours. Um, I think that the Celtics are a team that you're you're still right there to maybe contend for a championship. You get who you can get and plug and play. You know, when, when you get to be a team, even the Pacers uh, on, on on a lesser scale, when you get to the draft, you're and, and you're looking to just plug and play, guys. That means you got a pretty good core. you got a pretty good, solid basketball team already ready to go. So we did see some good trades over the last couple of days, some guys on the move. Um, and we'll see how all that deteriorates over here over the next couple months. If you want to look to a team that's been improving over the years and, and is using the draft to their advantage to improve more, you want to look at the Nets. The Nets, uh, in their number twenty, in the number twenty-seven overall pick, with, went with Cam Thomas out of uh, LSU. Twenty-nine over pick went with uh, Sharp out of uh, UNC, uh, a, a big guy, a, a center there. Uh, Forty-four Kessler Edwards, uh, forward out of Pepperdine. Uh, Zerzowski, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying that wrong, out of Creighton, and then Gray out the Florida out of Florida State. They got a, a good mixture between guard, uh, big man. And, and forward, uh, they filled two major needs in the first round with a, with a bucket, uh, getting Garden Thomas. Uh, so, you know, and of course they're giving extensions to Kevin Durant, Kyle Irving, and James Harden. It makes sense for them to grab as many rotation caliber players as possible in the draft. This is the team you look at when you say, how do we become successful from what we've been doing and build through the draft? I definitely give them an A. Yeah, I mean, you want bodies at that point. You want to you want to have some competition. You know that the major roles are obviously are obviously covered with Durant and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie will be on the move, I believe, for the Nets. Uh, he'll go and sign somewhere else. Um, so yeah, you're looking you're looking for just bodies to compete to come in and compete. And who's going to step up? Who can play? Who can gain and earn that trust from? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, even DeAndre Jordan, some of those guys. Um, so, yeah, you're just looking at more guys to come in and, 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 and fill roles and, and prove that they can play. So let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they took advantage, well, maybe not take advantage. I, I just uh, scratched my head when I saw the Knicks do this trade from the 21 to the 19, so they gave the Hornets the 19. But they ended up with Kai, Kai Jones, which was probably the, the best in their package uh, out of Texas. And then they had in the number 37, uh, they drafted Thor, believe it or not, uh, Auburn out of Auburn, and then Scotty Lewis out of Florida, and then their number 11 pick overall. Uh, was Bulk Knight, a guard out of UConn. But, but this trade uh, with the Knicks definitely fell to the favor of the Hornets, and picking up Kai Jones as a center was a huge pickup. I certainly give them an A as well. Yeah, I thought Charlotte had one of the better drafts um, of the night. You, you get a guy that can start for you. You know, Cody Zeller and Biff Mac Biombo at the, at, the, at the center positions are a little bit past their prime. Um, it was kind of crazy to say about Cody Zeller because it feels like just yesterday we were talking about him playing at IU. Um, 
Yeah, I thought Charlotte had a really good draft. James Booknight's a guy that has superstar potential. Um, just a lot of people didn't really know about him because UConn isn't where UConn was 10 years ago. But he's a scorer. He can make his own. And uh, when you've got all those pieces there and LaMelo Ball dishing out the basketball, um, that could be a high-powered, high-performance offense that could be ready to go to make the playoffs next year. Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. I mean, the Chicago Bulls only had one pick in the first round, and they, and they picked the Io DeSomo. Basketball names are getting about as hard to pronounce as IndyCar drivers, uh, Tony, a guard out of Illinois. But he's, he's certainly considered a, a first-round stud uh, leading up to the draft. I think the Bulls did very well with him. I think you got to give him an A. They only had one pick, and that's who they went with. So he, he could have very well went with another team prior to, to the 38. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. I almost the Super was a, was a good pick. I mean, it, it, he is an Illinois kid. Um, you know, obviously loves the Chicago Bulls. He's a guy that can score. They're not going to need him to, to, to have – to take on a full load. They just need him to simply score seven to 10 points a night. I think that's a guy that can certainly score seven to 10 points a night. So um, looking forward to see what the Sumo can do. The Bulls are going to be a team that, that, that makes moves that are trying to get better. That obviously didn't make the playoff this year, but still have some pieces and guys like Zach Levine. Um, but they'll, they'll be a team that free agency, they'll be, uh, they'll be very, very uh, frisky to say the least. They'll be trying to get new guys in. Frisk, uh, frisky is a good word Good word to use. Let's, let's wrap up the NBA talk here real quickly with the Warriors. And I bring that up because you and I like both like Moses Moody, and it was kind of funny that we literally were just ta- uh, talking about that, and then there were, the Warriors picked him up. But I, I'm, I'm curious to, to see Kamanga, uh, uh, the, the forward, and well, forward and guard, um, from this league ignite. And uh, I'm curious to see how the Warriors are going to do here you got to give them an A, though. I mean, I, I don't get to watch the West Coast basketball as much because uh, I'm an old man and go to bed. Uh, but certainly, you know, when they play the Pacers and stuff, the Warriors are a solid team. But I am curious about this Jonathan Kamanga. Yeah, Kamanga's a guy that can play. And, and a lot of people, you know, haven't seen him because he was with Ignite. But this is something that moving forward in the future, we're going to start seeing more of. And, and, and that guy's coming from the G League and being top five, top ten picks in the NBA draft. They get a big guy as well. Uh, I thought the Warriors had an awesome draft to be able to pull off what they did. They got another guy who can shoot and uh, and can handle the basketball. And, and as we know, if you're going to play on that Warriors team, you're going to have to be able to knock down buckets and control the basketball. So um, looking forward to see what the Warriors can do. Um, they still got big names like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre to play, to play solid minutes. Um, you know, when Clay Thompson's back, Steph Curry hopefully stays healthy. We'll see what happens with Draymond Green. Um, they still got James Wiseman, who was, a, who was a great pick there last year in the first round for the Warriors. So, um, yeah, they, they, had to, they had to rebrand and retool with injuries, but I think the Warriors can be right back there next year contending for, uh, contending for uh, some spots and can playoff seeds next year. And Tony, I know we both share the love of IndyCar. IndyCar's back next week down in the with the big machine Music City Grand Prix in Nashville. And then also right after that on August the 14th, we're back here in Indianapolis. How freaking cool is that? The big machine spike coolers Grand Prix. Any updates, anything you want to talk about IndyCar real quickly before we let you go, sir? 
Yeah, well, if I talk to you next Saturday, it'll be from Nashville. I'm heading down on Friday. That is be so a good sweet. Race. Um, yeah, we've got six races to go. Three of them come here over the next three weeks with Nashville next week, IndyCar, NASCAR doubleheader that we'll talk about and have a lot of fun with. And then um, we'll also uh, look look forward to St. Louis. So I'm excited for the season to kind of get re-back going um, with this stoppage that we had due to the Olympics. Um, I know we've all been enjoying Olympics, but when I watch track and field and I hear Lee Dippy, it really makes me miss IndyCar and want, want to get IndyCar back on track. So um, I'm excited to see what goes down and where we are. Um, but it should be a good rest of the season with Alex Pillow leading the standings. And uh, we'll just kind of see what happens over the next six weeks. Can Pillow hang on to that championship? Will award pounce? Uh, you got to think about, you know, none of these guys have driven at Nashville. None of these guys have driven at Laguna Seca in a race. Um, you know, you get St. Louis, which can be a crapshoot. Portland, there's some really good racetracks left on the schedule that anything can happen. So um, you've got the top six in points separated by, I think 75 to 100 points. So there's still guys that are going to be fighting for their job as silly season's underway. And uh, we all get to watch it unfold next week in Nashville. And then we'll get to watch it unfold right in front of our eyes here in Indy uh, coming up. And, uh, man, that's two weeks from today. Can you believe it, man? How awesome is that? Uh, and, Tony, while you're down there, make sure you get you some hot uh, hot chicken or some hot chicks, too. They say it's the bat. Uh, Bachelorette capital of the United States. Now I, I heard that fun fact this week. So, you know, maybe you get well, some we'll hot have chicken to, and a hot chick. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to go out Saturday. We'll have to go out Saturday night and see what we can do. There you go. Uh, yeah, Saturday night, not Friday night, because you got you got things to do on Saturday morning. I'm just kidding. Hey, we appreciate you jumping on, Tony. Uh, uh, where can people find your work and masterpieces? Uh, what, what do you guys got going on on the podcast this week? TonyDND.com, Tony D's podcast. Check it out. We'll we'll talk about the final six races of the year, what to expect, and uh, I will predict my championship winner. All right, buddy. Thanks for jumping on. You have a good weekend, sir. You too. See you. Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast joins us and talking with us a little bit about, well, a little bit about everything. The Carson Wentz thing, I I mean, we were going to talk about Carson Wentz anyway in the NFL segment, but it got bumped up a little bit because – well, well, Carson, we, 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 it's almost like a comic I- irony, as, as Tony was saying. We literally talked about this very same uh, scenario. So Carson Wentz is doing what Carson Wentz does, and the Indianapolis Colts apparently is doing what the Indianapolis Colts do. My name is Don Mark Westell, President Tate, 917-889-8516. Right around the corner, right after this, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, we're going to dive head first into the 2021 NFL season. I'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Double I quick stop midnight tea top jack and a cherry coke town. Mama and Daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yalla dog school bus, kicking up red bus. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, 
and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you talking about, huh? Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast, joining us and and breaking down the NBA draft, and we got a little teaser of what we're getting ready to talk about with uh, Carson Wentz, uh, and uh, Ed Kratz joins us now. Uh, Ed, how are you, sir? Hey, Tom, doing good, man. NFL's cancer in full swing. I was distracted by the text you sent me. I was distracted by the text (laughs) you sent me about the Senate. I'm like. 
Uh, uh, I was, uh, uh, well, I guess I, I'm, I'm even more excited that you're able to come on this morning. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that was that was over a week yeah. ago that we were away, and I, I have since dried out from, uh, oh, good. from all good. that. It's good but, stuff, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to see how you'd react to that right before we came on there. That's why I waited to send that text. <laughs> yeah, I know you were on vacation down there in the Jersey Shores, but now you're back to your second love or your second home back at the NovaCare Center in Philadelphia. We've got a lot to talk about with the NFL, but uh, what's what's going on in the Eagles camp as they get ready for 2021? What are some of the highlights? Uh, we, we posted your playbook, and, and certainly we'll talk about that, but uh, help us uh, give us the uh, – Cliff notes of the Ed Kratz playbook uh, from from camp down in Philadelphia there, sir. Well, I'll tell you one thing they're not dealing with is this Carson Wentz injury. You know, we've had that here in Philadelphia for several years. But, uh, yeah, for, as yeah. far as the Eagles are going to get into that one. The, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, we, you know, they're, we're dealing with Jalen Hurts and try to, trying to watch and see uh, you know, how he's progressing because, you know, Tom, these rumors of the Eagles trading for Deshaun Watson just aren't going away. Um, you know, how that all plays out, who knows? But, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback right now. To me, he, you know, it's been three days of camp. Uh, he didn't look real good on the first day. He looked a little better Thursday, and then he looked even better on Friday. So, you know, there's some you know tra- upward trajectory there for him, uh, but still, it's something that is going to need to be watched. Uh, this whole quarterback situation in Philly with Deshaun Watson uh, supposedly being available, you know, uh, so we'll see how Hurts does. I don't know how long of a leash he's going to have here. Um, <clears throat> so that's been the one thing to watch. And then, you know, the other thing, Zach Ertz is still here. Not many expected the Pro Bowl tight end to still be on the roster at this point. He dyed his hair blonde. He put his uh, Eagles shorts on inside out one day. You know, he almost looks like the fugitive, you know, from the Harrison uh, Ford movie. Uh, Like he's trying to be incognito. uh, And he hasn't spoken to anyone. So, uh, you know, that's a situation that bears monitoring. Howie Roseman, the GM, talked about it and said that he expects him to be on the roster week one. You know, more smokescreen, in my opinion, from Howie trying to drum up interest to to land something for Ertz. Um, so you know that that's uh, that's something. Uh, and, and this defense, you know, Jonathan Gannon coming over from Indianapolis. Um, you know, I, I I like some of the things he's talked about. He's trying to uh, kind of mix and match his personnel, uh, kind of what the Rams did. He said last year when the L.A. Rams defense was the number one defense in the league, they put a lot of different personnel groupings in there, um, you know, whether or not it's talented enough to do that or to, you know, stop other teams, we'll see. But I like the, you know, the theory behind it, that he's trying to keep offenses off balance. And, um, you know, and of course, Nick Sirianni, his first camp also coming over from the Colts. It's funny because, you know, you look at the Colts camp and, you know, Frank Reich and, or who's ever running the show there with Frank battling the uh, COVID uh, and I'm not sure how hard he's battling it. It sounds like he's asymptomatic. But uh, yeah. the Colts gave their veterans a rest day on Friday. And, he, you know, the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, he did the same thing. So, you know, I don't know if he's kind of following, the, you know, what the Colts are doing. And he's, <laughs> you, know, you know, taking their playbook step by step. But, you know, it was interesting to see that. So, But Nick Sirianni's done a nice job, I think, in front of the team. Like yesterday on Friday he stopped 
practice about an hour into I heard that. It, which I'd he never just, seen. Everything, every, everything stopped. It's all blowing up on social media about that. Talking about all of a sudden the whistle blew, the music stopped. There at the Novacare Complex, yeah. right in the middle of the session, brought the Eagles into in, the midfield there, and and what whatever he said, or they were talking on social media. Whatever he said, there there were no more sloppy offensive plays, no more bad throws. Uh, I guess the the message surrounding Stint was that he's not going to be buddy buddy with him, and this clearly wasn't. And I'm reading this off of social media here, but this clearly wasn't a game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That was on my my notes. You 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 just led right into what my next question was. So go right ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty evident when he did it because you know, listen, Doug Peterson was here, you know, for five years and. Uh, 16, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, and I'd never saw. <laughs> I can literally see you counting your fingers right now. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need my toes though for that one, so I got yeah. my slippers on. <laughs> Go ahead. But, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it, it was it was interesting to see, and I and I didn't know how unique that was. Uh, so I, you know, we talked to Darius Slay uh, yesterday. You know, he spent the first seven years of his career and uh, with the lions. And I said, is it, was that kind of, have you ever seen that before? And he said, yeah, he's had other coaches do it, but it was something new here in Philadelphia to see uh, a coach just kind of shut everything down, bring everybody around him. And what I like what he does is he stands in the middle and on each side of him, he has the defensive players. And on the other side of him, he has the offensive players, which is kind of cool. It's almost like he's like Moses there parting the red sea, you know, he's right in the middle uh, of these two groups of players, it's, it's it's a pretty neat thing to see. I again, I never saw Peterson or Chip Kelly or anybody like that kind of break things down in that uh, fashion before. But you know, I talked to some players afterward about what was said, and the messaging was that uh, you know they weren't all in tune with practice. Uh, you know, maybe and it shouldn't be that way. It was only day three of camp. You'd think these guys would still be focused, but it was a it was a very hot day. Um, and was getting a little sloppy, and that was the message is, you know, look, you're going to have adversity like this uh, during the season. You're going to have ups and downs, and it's how you respond. It's how you finish. Uh, can you finish strong? And that was the message he sent, you know, and they went out and they finished the last 20, 25 minutes of practice pretty strong. Um, so, you know, that, that was kind of cool to see Sirianni do something like that because, listen, he's a rookie head coach. You don't know how he's going to uh, react as you know once the you know so-called real bullets start to fly when the season begins. But th- this was kind of a, a glimpse inside that that uh, you know he's going to be very proactive uh, and he's going to try to stop things before they begin to snowball. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Well, let's uh, take our trip around the NFL and obviously let's make our, our first stop here in Indianapolis. You know, training camp's going on. I mean, it's it's normal for people to have injuries. Uh, And and a lot of times they don't even have to mention it. They don't have to mention it at all, for that matter, Uh, if if a player or quarterback is is injured. You know, you mentioned them giving the Veterans Day off. I mean, they could have just said Carson just took a Veterans Day off with T.Y. Hilton, Quentin Nelson, and, and Jack Doyle. They chose not to do that. Uh, and, and it was certainly what we what became the talk of the NFL, and certainly the talk with Adam Scheffner a little bit yesterday. That Carson Wentz is, is reportedly out indefinitely, you know. And so we don't always talk about uh, 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 preseason injuries, but this seems something that we've got to address. And you know, the 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 joke, I guess, if you want, if, we, if we're the butt of the jokes, we're the butt of the jokes. I've seen everything on social media, like, and so it begins. We told you this was going to happen, but in all fairness. Tony and I talked that you and I and Tony had talked last 
year when, when Carson came that w- this was what we were getting. So we got what we got. So the Colts do what the Colts do. And unfortunately, what we know about Carson Wentz, he does what he does. He had a hairline fracture in 20. And, and I, I'm not telling you anything. You, you know him better than we do, obviously. Uh, a, a, a hairline fracture in 2016, a t- torn uh, ACL in 2017, a stress fracture back in 2018, the concussion last year. Uh, uh, if the Colts are going to be a contender this year, they need Wentz to be healthy. Maybe they need to keep Philip Rivers' uh, number uh, handy just in case. But we were just talking about in the last segment that maybe the Colts need to go look at some of these veteran uh, free agents just uh, for safety's sake. Go ahead and help us feel better about Carson Wentz right now, Ed. That's your job. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I wish I could. Um, I, you know, if there's any small silver lining, it's that now Jacob Eason is kind of thrust into that role, and he has what looks like going to be the entire rest of the uh, training camp here and through August. To, to and I, kind of I'm excited to see that because we have it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to talk over yet. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, about I was just saying we're certainly excited to see Jacob Eason. I mean, he's, he's somebody we, we just don't know. It's the unknown, so hopefully he does get a lot of playing time here in the preseason and we get a better feel of how he is. Go, go right ahead. I didn't mean to walk over you. Go ahead. No, that no, it's fine. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say is that, that if there's any small lining in this, it's that now you'll see what this rookie – what was he, Tom, fourth-round pick last year? Was he yeah, third round? You're right. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that range. So you know, he's a mid-round pick, and um, you know we'll see what he can do. Uh, I, I think on that level, it's kind of exciting to see uh, you know what he can do. And you're right, there are you know Philip Rivers is on speed dial. Maybe you can talk him into coming out. Can you fit him? You know he's going to demand probably 25 million, I think, which is what he got paid last year. Um, can you fit that under the salary cap? I don't, I don't know what the situation is with the Colts' salary cap. Uh, at this stage of the game, but uh, you know, you're going to have to, if you don't like what you see from Eason um, and like I said, he's got several weeks here to kind of show what he can do. And there are preseason games, which are going to benefit him. And some of those guys from last year's draft class, like Easton that didn't have the benefit of preseason games, it's going to be very beneficial for them. Uh, so if he, if you like what you see, then you can let Carson kind of, you know, percolate a little bit on the sidelines, recover at his own pace, maybe miss, you know, the first three games, if if they need to miss that much time, if he needs to miss that much time. But, you know, if you feel comfortable, then, then you know, throw him out there. It's a long year, 17 games this year. Uh, you know, if you lose your starter early, it's not the end of the world. You know, and that's another plus to this. Unless you're the Colts. Wentz's injury. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know. We don't have good history with the Colts playing. and Peyton Manning, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you want to be playing better late in the year. So, you know, if you have to, you know, throw Easton out there and try to win games with what looks to be a very good defense, uh, and you can kind of skate a little bit through the early portion of the season, winning one or two games for the first month Carson might miss, if it comes to that. Um, and that's like what I was going to say is that's another benefit to Carson being injured here. It's still July. Today's the last day of July. Uh, it, it didn't happen at the end of August. Uh, it happened now. And, you know, the recovery, it gives him more time to recover during kind of the meaningless part of summer. Uh, and, and really, it, I don't mean to seem meaningless because Carson still needs to kind of get used to being on the new team with, new protection calls, new receivers, et cetera. So that, that kind of hurts him a little bit. 
Um, but, you know, he, he could return before, you know, the season gets too old. And that, that's one other encouraging factor in this is that this, if it is a list Frank injury, now that's more of a concern. You don't know uh, what the damage is. I know the Eagles had a defensive player suffer a, a, a list Frank injury in the season opener, Millie Jackson, who's now with the Browns. Um, he had a list Frank's injury in the season opener and he was put on IR. He missed the whole year. And talking to him coming out of that season, he said that it took him a while before he felt comfortable. So I think there's different degrees of a list Frank injury. If that's the case, you hope it's not severe. But, you know, I read stuff where they, Carson heard something pop, um, you know, some mm. sort of subfluxation in there, which, which is never good. Um, so really it's just kind of a wait and see. You keep your fingers crossed. You hope for the best that this isn't a, an injury that's going to keep him out for, you know, two months or longer. You hope that it's something that will, he can get through August and, you know, mid-July or mid-September uh, and return by the end of September. Uh, and you hope, and again, fingers crossed, that Jacob Eason can uh, show why he was worthy of taking, you know, being taken in the middle uh, rounds of the draft. Well, absolutely. Again, it's it's the unknown with Jacob. Uh, hopefully, he goes out there and shows some stuff. I still uh, I, I'm under the belief that maybe we at least just need to be having this discussion. Let's look at the free agents uh, that are out there. You know, we, 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 we the names that are out there that we, first of all, if we got time, we'll get into that here in just a second. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Indianapolis. That was a rumor that needs to be squashed. He's worked out a deal with with. Uh, the Packers, we'll get to that in just a second. So the, the Aaron Rodgers watch is over. So we need to go past that. And he wouldn't have come here anyway as the backup quarterback. So I got, you know, we squashed that a long time ago. Uh, but the free agents that, that we do know have a possibility of of, 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 of being a, a, a contributor, Matt Barkley, Blake Bortles, Ryan Finley, Robert Griffin, uh, Sean Mannion, Matt Moore. There is that connection with – uh, Frank Wright and and um, um, Nick Foles. Uh, obviously, he's 32. Uh, he's been looking for someone. You know, uh, Frank Wright might you know take a look at him and see, hey, do we? <laughs> hey, you won a Super Bowl for us, <laughs> Carson. You went to the Super Bowl with us. Let's get the band back together, right? Uh, but the other <laughs> name really tossed around. The other name really tossed around, which I feel like is dangerous territory, and this is Sean Watson out of Houston. Can he get us to a Super Bowl? Probably. Is he going to break the bank? Yes. With the money tied up with Carson and then would be paying him? I think that would be a mistake. But, you know, I make the joke, but what do you think of the reality of a Foles-Reich-Wentz reunion in Indianapolis really is? Um. <laughs> Uh, boy, it's funny how Nick Foles gets mentioned in every quarterback opening that's out there. Um, <laughs> this is true. Very true. Yeah. But he's, you know, you, you threw those names out, Tom, and, you know, my, I just kept wrinkling my nose each, with each name I threw out there. Like, exactly. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Exactly. You know, there's nothing good out there. Um, you know, Nick Foles is, is the best one out there, and if you can get him – from Chicago, um, you know, then I think, sure, why not? I mean, I know Nick and Frank Wright, kind of like Frank and Carson, they have a great relationship. Nick and, and Frank have an excellent relationship. They're both, uh, you know, they both are very strong in their faith. And Nick is kind of, I think he's an ordained minister because of Frank. You know, Frank, Frank is, is one. too, wasn't he? Um, or used to be a pastor himself, yeah, yeah, too, he did is. he? I, yeah, I that's what's up. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, I mean, I just know they're both very strong in their faith, Nick and Frank. And they had obviously they had a great situation in Philadelphia when Nick had to step in for Wentz uh, late in that 2017 season and win a few games, and then took them on that magic carpet ride to the Super Bowl title. Um, the, the difference, obviously, is is you know does Nick come in and play a month and then Carson takes over for Nick? I mean, it wouldn't that be ironic that. You know, Carson spelling Nick now. Um, But, yeah, I I think that's an avenue they should investigate. It's certainly going to be cheaper than getting Deshaun Watson. And, listen, you know, you're getting a lot of baggage at this point with Deshaun Watson until this thing goes through the courts and, you know, you don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, you could trade, you know, everything for him. And he arrives, and next thing you know, he's suspended for eight games by Roger Goodell or – you know, something like that. Uh, so to me, it's kind of foolish to, to even investigate a trade for Deshaun Watson until this whole legal thing plays its way out. Um, so, yeah, if I'm the culture, why not uh, look toward Nick Foles? But, you know, I'm looking at their depth chart now, and, you know, you st- you, Sam Ellinger, you know, I love that kid coming out of Texas. I know he was a late-round pick, but that kid's a leader. Uh, you don't want to put your tr- your hopes in Sam Ellinger, of course, but – you know, he's another guy that they drafted kind of – this was a little later than Ethan. But, uh, you know, why not just let those two guys battle it out? Uh, you know, that might make sense. And I, and I know in Philadelphia they signed Nick Mullins, who has a lot of experience from his time with the 49ers. And I was just discussing this yesterday at, at camp with a few reporters. Do I think the Eagles will keep all three quarterbacks on their 53-man roster? I, I think at this point they will. But – you know, Nick Mullins could be somebody if you're the Colts. Maybe call the Eagles and see what you want from Mullins. Now, they only have three quarterbacks in camp, but, you know, maybe they get him to throw Sam Ellinger in, in a deal or something like that. So, I, you know, there's a lot of different ways right. to, to investigate this, and, I, and I'm sure the GM is, is doing exactly that as we speak. Yeah, that's Frank Ballard. Uh, he's talking about the Colts. But, uh, you know, here's the conversation yeah. that I think he's got to pick up a phone call to the Raiders. You've got to look at Marcus Mariota. Uh, I know that yeah. I know the Raiders signing for a one-year deal, 1.7 million. His cap hits somewhere around three and a half million. They could, I think they could possibly make a trade for Mar- Mariota for a late uh, round pick. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I've seen him play. We know what he was able to do down in Tennessee. I, I think he would be a good fit here in Indianapolis. If they were to make a trade, I think Marcus Mariota should be at the top of their consideration. Yeah, you know, that's, I think, Tom, you, you hit it on the head there. I mean, that's kind of, I think, the direction they have to go. And I'll, I'll give you another team that is kind of loaded at the quarterback spot is the 49ers. You know, they drafted Trey Lance, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, and they signed Josh Rosen in the offseason. I mean, the, I know Rosen's career hasn't gone the way many thought it would, but he's still a top – he was a top ten pick in the draft. Um, really never had an opportunity to kind of – grow and develop in one offense and uh you know maybe maybe call the 49ers and see if they would trade you josh rosen um and and the benefit to getting kind of a down you know getting like a mariota or rosen is it wouldn't cost you it shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg to get those guys now look other teams know the colts you know they're over a barrel here with their situation so they're going to ask for a lot but um, you know, it's gonna, it's a tricky situation. And I guess first you have to see how the thing with Carson pans out, uh, you know, see exactly what this foot specialist 
says when he goes to see them. I don't know when he's going to do that. I'm surprised he's not in his office this morning uh, of this foot specialist uh, getting an answer to how bad this is. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's different ways to go. I, saw, I think the best way to go is, like you said, go down the depth chart of some other teams and see what they have. Maybe it can pluck a Rosen or, like you said, a Mariota or a Nick Foles from somebody else. Yeah, I saw a, a tweet earlier from Adam Scheffner uh, about – here it is. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Colts are waiting for Dr. Robert Anderson to, re- to review scans of the quarterback's injured foot. Per source – well, Adam's got more sources than anybody, doesn't he? Once Anderson sees oh, yeah. the scans, yeah. they will have a better idea of how long Wentz will be sidelined at this time, and it's not expected to be a season-ending injury. So – that's the latest from Adam Schiff, and if he says it, then it's the Bible. It's law, right? Uh, <laughs> actually, he's he's right 90, 99% of the time. I'll, I'll give, give him that. He, he does have some real sources, that's for sure. Let's real quickly, oh, yeah. while we've got a little time left, let's talk about this Aaron Rodgers contract. Uh, I can say the Aaron Rodgers drama is finally over in Green Bay. Let's stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a Packer. Uh at least until next offseason, there's a 67% uh, that it'll start right at percent chance it'll start right back up again. And so we, we've always got to have some drama. But here's kind of some of the basic. Uh, the final year of his old deal deal gets voided under his old deal. Rogers was 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 signed through 2023, but that final year has now been voided, which means he'll be signed through 2022. The Packers save roughly 10 million dollars in his cap salary. Uh, the, the showdown could, again, coming up again next year. We'll see what happens. And certainly there's some uh, animosity there with the coaching staff and the quarterback staff and with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so it's not completely official sign, but it's it certainly looks like it's going to get signed and Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with the Packers. Anything you can share on that? Any any thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers saga? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, talk about prima donnas, huh? Jeez, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess Randall Cobb, he wanted Randall Cobb to come to Green Bay. He missed Randall Cobb, who's, you know, kind of an over-the-hill veteran. Who, I don't know what he has left, but um, listen, Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback. Um, so if he's happy, uh, then that bodes well for Green Bay. But listen, he's, he's going to turn 38 years old uh, in December. Uh, and, and, you know, he'll be in Green Bay when that happens. And then if he's set free, he'll be, you know, almost 39 or 38 and a half when he becomes a free agent. Uh, who's going to – I guess you could take a chance on that. Look, the, the Bucks won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady uh, in his early 40s, but I think he's the anomaly, Tom Brady. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers would be able to hold up much beyond what he's where he's at now. But who knows? Maybe he can go for another two or three years. Um, but well, it's good to have resolution. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the the, the money breakdown uh, twenty twenty one to be salary is one point one million. The roster bonus is six point eight million. Signing bonus is fourteen point four six million. Uh, total is twenty two point three six million, and the cap will hit somewhere around twenty seven uh, million. And that's just comes from the over the via over the cap. So. You know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, I don't have the actual contract right here in front of me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if I did? Yeah. And then in 2022, it goes to the 26 million salary with a workout bonus of 500,000. And if somebody paid me $500,000 to work out, 
I would be working out day, night. I mean, I would be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and <laughs> somewhere around 29 million. And then, of course, the cap is somewhere around 46 million. Again, the biggest downside to Rod- to the Rodgers contract for the Packers is they're basically losing the luxury of having the of having Jordan Love on a rookie contract. And if Rod- if Rodgers does play through 2022, that means the Packers will have to decide whether to pick up Love's fifth year option, even if they don't know how how it's going to be. So uh, there's still some things to work out, as they say. Yeah, and again, you know, Love came in that class last year that had no you know, the benefit, they didn't have the benefit of any preseason games. Love's going to, you're going to see a lot of love in the preseason uh, with the Packers. So you're going to have an idea. And yeah, I would think they would pick up that fifth year option. Why not? I mean, you drafted a, you drafted him in the first round and uh, you would need to see what he can do. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it gives the Packers some sense of finality to this. It's kind of like Rogers goodbye tour in green Bay. He's not coming back. Uh, and can he lead him to a Super Bowl title? Uh, in his final year there, I don't think the Packers are good enough. Uh, but, you know, listen, with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, you have a chance every week. Well, speaking of love, we appreciate Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, coming on the show today and showing us some love. What are you, are you hanging out at the, you're hanging out at the Nova Care Center this weekend, or at least tonight. Uh, and yeah. with, uh, what are you working on? Where can people find your work and masterpieces? What's going on? You're going to be adding to your playbook? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, www.eaglemaven.com is, is now my website, or, you know, my a link to my website. You can also get right. through it to it through SI.com. But, uh, yeah, tonight is the Eagles practice. I think the NFL Network is in town. That's kind of why they pushed the, the morning practice till 530 on Saturday night till 7:30, it's not ideal. It really ruins my Saturday night plans. But you know what? <laughs> to watch Devontae Smith and to write about Devontae Smith—that's what I live for these days. The number one pick of the draft or for the Eagles, uh, and that, that's kind of who I have in my crosshairs today. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you, and, and you have yourself a good weekend, sir. Thank you, Tom. You too. All right, buddy. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and uh, SI.com, our official NFL contributor. I appreciate him coming on. He adds so much to the show. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast uh, joined us as as well. And talking the NBA draft, talking Carson Wentz, talking, you know, the Pacers' first-round pick, uh, and, and certainly talking about the NBA draft. Remember to follow us on the Twitter at T-Balance, Facebook, The Balance. And, 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 again, if you're listening to us now and you're not listening to us live, you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to the show as it was live, as our show is the podcast, the podcast is the show. Uh, cat, hit, dog chasing the tail kind of thing, right? But either which way, if you're listening to us on the podcast, wherever it is, uh, Apple Podcast or whether it's um, – Stitcher or tune in wherever you're listening to us at just hit like so we know how awesome you are and you already know how awesome we are I mean hello we're the balance my name is Tom Marcus El Presidente don't drink and drive I'm out of here deuces
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit